Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And we're going to think, we're going to talk, we're going to play some board games. And uh, Ryan's topic of interest this time is... The (laughs) anti-euro? We're going to be talking about games that, you know, have a little tad more theme to them than, say, trading on the Mediterranean. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award, presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. Let's go and start talking about games that we've played. And uh, I'm going to start quick because I know that uh, both of you have some experience with this. I finally got to play um, Parks. And this game is uh, designed by um, Henry Audubon. I don't know if that's Audubon Society. Um, And uh, published by Keymaster Games. And I think the story goes that the National Parks Association of the United States had a poster series that was made up for their campaign. And right. they went, this is so beautiful. Let's make a board game out of it. And so they did that. And without, uh, without dragging too much, it's the idea. And again, it's, it's the most points at the end of the game, like a good Euro. Um, but it has a Euro, I don't know if you'd say this theme is pasted on, but if it is, it's beautiful to look at. Um, and it's this idea of, I call it the Takedo uh, mechanism of, of uh, kind of player order, I guess. And you're going down a trail and each trail has a resource that you need to pick up ultimately to go and look at different parks. And by going to look at different parks, you pay um, sun, you pay water, you pay... Um, there's all these different resources that, uh, like a good Euro resource collection and, and recipe fulfillment, I guess. Um, Except the resources make no sense. Like, what does that mean to collect a mountain? Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that I mean, makes no or, sense. or it could be like, I mean, Brian's always been the first one to go, ah, normal, make a thematic trail. So the mountains I'm thinking, maybe you got to hike some trails to get to this unique site that this card's there based out of. There you go. Um, and, and, and the rain might be how much hydration or how many rivers do you have to cross? <laughs> I'll, I'll put some theme together, but, but bottom line, um, I enjoyed this game. I played it solo and I used the, uh, the expansion. I think it's nightfall, um, which allows you to, they put campsites. So you either go to the campsite, which has three choices, or you do your regular turn on that site. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's a fun game. I enjoyed myself and I got to 30 to 60 minutes. So solo 30 minutes. And I'm like, I got to play three games and try out different things. So it was, I, I'm glad I bought this game. Yeah. yeah and I, when I picked this up from Roberta at uh, one of our sponsors, uh, um, escape rooms uh, and board break game, out, breakout escape, breakout escape. Yeah. So yes, this is, yeah. You, you guys tell me what you, I mean, you guys have both played this. Ian, you, you're the first person that told me and encouraged me to pay attention to this. Yeah, the, the Takedo thing is... Um, you can't move backwards. It's, it's based Once on Takedo, right? You can't move yeah. backwards. It has, uh, it has to be in front of your last move, I guess. Right. Or something like it's, that. One of those, it's one of these games that kind of takes bits and pieces from other games, for sure. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's just gorgeous. <laughs> it really is. And I just I just love like I I just came back from the Rockies. So yeah. 
I I just love the idea of national parks as a board game theme. I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and very, and- very elegant design or uh, gameplay. Like this is one that definitely like, like Jen really enjoys playing it. Yeah. it it's very, it's very simple. She's like, it's one of those games where I don't have to think. I was going to just say <laughs> there's when, not when a it. challenge of what do I need to do on my turn? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, good. that's what I played. I played parks Ooh, and I you know what? It. Just talking about it right now, I want to, uh, once we're done recording, I think I might want to play it again. So yay. So, so th- is this a game that all three of us actually own? That says something about the Ooh. game. <laughs> is that true? Do we all yeah, have? A I copy own a copy. He so. owns a copy. You now own a copy. Yeah, I've got I've got the expansion, so I'll share the expansion with you guys if you want to try it out. I have the expansion too. I just haven't cracked <laughs> it. I haven't cracked it open. All right. Well, exactly. Ian, I'll lend you my expansion. Um, right. So yeah, that was uh, that was Parks. Um, Ian, want to? Yeah, I thought I'd bring this up because yeah. the three of us got to play a game finally, Yay. and we broke out Great Western Trail. Which I was really excited to do because that's a game I've wanted to play again for for quite some time because I think I had only played it once before with Ryan, uh, and I'm I quite like this game. It's I like that it's a little bit deeper than your average um, game of this type, I suppose. Like there's there's lots going on. You got to manage your cows. You've got to. Um, move your train up the track you got to try to build posts into cities you have to build buildings across the board there's lots going on and i i just love trying to work make that all work together and i didn't make that work together enough and neither did you ryan (laughs) (laughs) though i did accomplish something that i have never done before in the game and as i got to the end of the railroad track i i never thought i would ever see that I was I was just as excited to say hey you got I to just the end. didn't I didn't couple it with something else in the game as well. If I would have coupled it yeah. with something else in the game, I think I may have stood a chance. I but highly doubt that, it. Isn't that that Alexander Fister kind of philosophy is is there has to be somewhat of a balance don't, of don't focus on solely on one thing. You yeah. kind of have to diversify a little bit but not too much don't do a little bit of everything you have to kind of pick a couple yeah that seems to be a thing now i had it i had an unfair advantage in my approach to this game because uh prior to isolation um jeff from this from amazing stories uh jeff and i would play had played this two player oh man about five times and uh he'd he'd handed me my wallet every time so i had a good chance to learn from from being whooped uh, 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 repeatedly that, yeah, that approach of, and again, don't fight for what's not there. So that was my first thing was like, okay, what's available to me now and take advantage of it. So that's what I cool. learned from Jeff. And, and I saw Ian, I mean, you had that dialed in. You were one, you were one delivery away from beating me. If, you if, think? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, the, and and it, again, it's a deck builder, right? So I was I was shedding, and that what I this is what I learned from Jeff: thin out that deck so that so that it's a guarantee. You're not you're not going. I hope I have a you know big payout at this. That it was like my minimum payout is this range now, right? So right. You know, that was that's what I learned from getting <laughs> whooped by Jeff repeatedly. Was it it's a deck builder at some point, and you got to thin yeah. that deck out. Yeah, I have an interesting story about Great Western Trail because um, after we had played our game um, that night, That's right. that that night I played it two player with Jen because I said we play Great Western Trail. Um, let's play. And she's like, "All right, I like." She's like, "That's the cow game, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, it's the cow game." <laughs> and she beat me, of course, because <laughs> she did her cow. She did her cow strategy with her building strategy. Her and cow, it always seemed, her cowboy thing. It always always seems to work. Um, but except that night, um, Regan wouldn't go to bed. And so he watched us play the entire game at, at two Ooh. player and he, and, and he watched us do what we were doing. And, he said, and then the very next night he said, dad, I want to play the cow game. I'm like, well, buddy, it's kind of like an adult game. It's got a lot going on and everything. He's like, and he's like, he beat like, you, didn't he? <laughs> well, no. So we set so I said, okay, I set up the game. And when he says, okay, I want to play the cow game. And he sat there. And he started like 
this kind of blew my mind in cognitive development. Yeah. But he started associating the icons with what he could do. And he says, this is the place where I go get cows, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. Okay. How do I buy cows? Yeah. I'm like, well, how much money do you have? I got this much. How many cowboys do you have? I've got this many. Okay. And I ran through and he's like, okay, I want to buy a brown cow now. I'm cool. like, I said, what the hell's going on right now? <laughs> like this, 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 this is, this is an advanced strategy game where a lot of gamer gamers with call it maybe heavy, medium, heavy. But see, he's not hung up on language interpretation because he's no. learning words. He's learning that letters and all I had are to do, symbolic representation. And all I had to do yeah. on his turn, I said, you can go here, here, or here. Yeah. And he would just say, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm pretty sure it was just always yeah. random. He's like, I'm like, okay, what does this symbol do? He's like, well, that's the train symbol. So that must move my train, right? I'm like, yes, it moves yeah. your train. Well, how far does it move my train? Well, how many purple guys do you got? Two. Okay, you can move the... Yeah. Train two spots, and he's like, he's like, okay. He's understanding the grammar. That's so cool. And I was like, no, I was, I was blown away because he's only five years old, and we were sitting down. It kind of like felt almost like a solo game of yeah. of Great Western Trail with kind of like a random AI because he, <laughs> his, his 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 responses sometimes were just random, but it was pretty cool. But to it watch. sounds like through his questions that his learning curve is going to be that much reinforced because the next time he plays, he's going to have different levels of questions for you. Well, yeah. And it, so, it, so it started making me think now when I want to introduce him to a game. Yeah. Um, if it's got icons, uh, I, I think he's, he's at that level where now he can interpret icons and he can remember mm-hmm. what they, what they do. So the association. Yeah. So you're so breaking fun. out race for the galaxy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? He's, he's gonna. He's totally gonna. And he'll get beat every time. So folks, if you have a five-year-old, I would I wouldn't recommend playing Great Western Trail with them. <laughs> if they're interested. Yeah. If they're interested. I think the goal is if they can sit through the length of time. Yeah. Cool. So Ian, if we played it again, would you be okay with that? Or would you like, oh, let's try something else? I, I mean, I'm thinking about buying it, honestly. <gasps> there you go. Oh, I thought about this. I thought about this, dude. Let's do this on the air. Oh, because yeah. yeah, I'm a junkie for the cult of the new. Yeah, Ian said that he kind of likes this, this, this style, this version, everything. I might sell Ian my copy Ooh. when the new edition comes out. Because there's that. It's got tree. the expansion. Yeah. It's got the expansion in it that you shouldn't play with but it'll be there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, that could work. So cool. I, 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 I had that, I had that brainwave. I'm like, I'm always called to you. I'm probably going to get the new edition anyways. Yeah, probably <laughs> you are. So this is, this is just, this isn't even speculation. This is Ryan actually offering you on the air here buy my copy. So I can with ease of conscious. Yeah. Um, so great. Western, Ryan, are you on it's your turn. You've got some interesting couple interesting things and and I'm frothing about the one news. Of them. The news, which is now a couple weeks old at this point. That's okay. But uh the the Spiel des Jahres has been announced and the winners. Um I'll start off with the Kenner Spiel, which the nominees in that category were um oh I I've lost it now. Paleo. Um, and also Lost Ruins of Arnak and Robin Hood, some sort of Robin Hood game. Yep. And of course, my prediction was that Lost Ruins of Arnak, because it was getting all of the buzz and it was a great game. Yeah, but the Germans don't care. Absolutely They'll not. They'll just pick what they want. Exactly. So Paleo <laughs> is the Kenner Spiel, is Yara's winner. And I know nothing about Paleo other than if it beat out Lost Ruins of Arnak... Is I need. I, I want to. I want to play it now. <laughs> but when I look at it, it doesn't seem like a game that I want to play. Yeah, so. King's Speech won the Oscar over Social Network, and I'll tell you, King's Speech is not better than the Social Network, so <laughs> that doesn't really mean much. <clears throat> there so, you go. Popular uh, choice is what's going on. So, and then in the other category, the King's Spiel des Jahres, <laughs> the actual game of <laughs> the game of the year. Um, the nominees were Micro Macro Crime City, um, Zombie Teens Evolution from Scorpio Masque, yeah. 
and some other game that I've completely forgotten about. <laughs> that memorable, huh? <laughs> that memorable, eh? And uh, Micro Macro Crime City wins the Spiel des Jahres, which has now stirred up a bunch of controversy. Controversy. Out there. Yeah, so a, con- a conundrum of sorts. So uh, Micro Macro winning the Spiel des Jahres has caused this controversy because people have come out and said, this isn't even a game. So how is it winning game of the year? It's an activity at best. Like the mind, the game. <laughs> so, I, so, so I, I, so I, I kind of did a little bit of digging into the, because there's a lot of people who are saying, well, if Micro Macro won this, can like these other things that they started mentioning, I can't remember all of them. Can they have Board Game Geek data entries? Can they have be entries into the database on the Board Game Geek? And Board Game Geek's got a list of criteria of what they consider is a game and that can be accepted onto the website. For some odd reason, they have all said, this has been in this game, this thing, Micro Macro (laughs) was an anomaly. It should not have, should never have been an entry into Board Game Geek. It is not a game. It snuck through. And so now why is it winning though? game of the year when they said okay if it wasn't put on the database if it wasn't if it didn't meet the criteria it wasn't on the database and it came out in one game of the year would it have an ended uh, a, an entry and they still said yeah probably still not because it's not a game oh man so, yeah so on. if it, you're ready for go- more controversy sure because i just looked up game in the miriam webster dictionary oh oh and it says a physical or mental competition conducted according to rules with the participants in direct opposition to each other. So pandemic is not a game. Cooperative games are not, not in direct opposition to each other. Oh, BG, we got to change it all. Oh, I know so many BG, games were taken out of BGG. Flipped my mind. I know. And now, <laughs> and, and, and it's a it's a long word. I, I, I didn't post it in our in our notes. It, it's a very long definition and lots of like these little sub points and everything like that of what they consider games and what are not games and what, what are cooperative games and stuff like that. They have all this thing. micro macro. If you guys don't know what it, it's a very glorified where's Waldo type of thing, <laughs> piece of paper, and they give you a they give you a scenario that you kind of follow. It says who killed the gingerbread man. I don't know. I'm making this up. And everything like that and and what did they kill them with and it's kind of like a clue like thing but then there's you have to find these things all over this big where's waldo map and kind of trace back through time and blah 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 there's was, no winner there's no winner sounds, or loser there's no like, evaluation of how you did that sounds like me in new york the first time i i went there with a map it's like <laughs> okay so <laughs> so anyways how do you feel macro. about this though what's your point what well, I, I like when I saw like I so I own Micro Macro. Yeah, and we've had we've had fun with it. It's a great yeah. activity. It's a good pastime. <laughs> right there. Yeah. So, there, so there, there's no there's no won. evaluation. There's no okay. evaluation of performance. There's no way that we did a scenario good or bad. You just kind of solve the puzzle. Okay. If they like put that's... a time interval, if they put a little egg timer, does that change everything? So according to BGG, as long as you so like exit the game. Yeah. Here we go. Exit the game is just a series of puzzles. Yeah. But they have the stipulation that they give you some sort of evaluation at uh, the end of whether or not assessment. you... So that was the okay. why exit the game is in BGG because it has that component to the game. Yeah. This does not. If this had some sort of achievement scale on it, yeah. like I was successful, I was okay. unsuccessful, how successful was I? It could be classified as a BGG game. Yeah. Cool. But okay. Anyways, it caused a kerfuffle amongst Reddit forum people. <laughs> the keyboard warriors of the world. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. 
Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis the Eighth Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. Welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going into the topics of interest. And they uh, the topic, as Ryan so boldly mentioned at the top, the anti-euro, the thematic games. Um, so uh, what I'm going to do, guys, is I will rip through the kind of foundation so that the listener can can hear kind of the what we're going to talk about as far as when we get into talking about these games. So uh, I, yeah, like when what I, do you mean by anti-euro? What do you mean by yeah. thematic? Yeah, so uh, I kind of broke this up into the first section is the origins and history of Ameritrash board games, which is also kind of tied into thematic because the, when you talk about thematic games, you're talking about Ameritrash games. And um, to talk about Ameritrash in quotation, games... In quotation marks. In quotation, air quotes. Um, and the, in the notes I put... Because I know there's going to be anybody who's like into a genre are going to be on top of anybody who's who's talking about. It. So disclaimer: these opinions are subjective, eh? So it's all conjecture. It's all conjecture, right? So uh, let's identify the terms. So what the research I did is um, Ameritrash is a term used to describe the American style of board games. From, uh, board uh, board game uh, that are based and uh, in a developed theme, story, or narrative. And in, in the narrative, the idea that there's characters and plot events. Uh, it's there's randomness, which is usually usually dice, um, and uh, which which is to say that there's also a high level of luck involved. Uh, there's player to player conflict, which is which most certainly always leads to player elimination. Uh, it's always a subjective. From the character's point of view, um, or the character's narrative, uh, it's always a subjective point of view as far as the players are concerned. Um, in most cases, the end game is the last player standing. Um, the Ameritrash games are typically uh, lengthy, epic durations. And uh, this, I love this quote to wrap up this kind of uh, elements of it. There's a quote uh, from BGG that the chrome is the game, right? Uh, and we, we uh, last episode, we had uh, uh, Corey Konecka, and uh, it's, it was, yeah, all his games are about that narrative, about that chrome part, right? So um, why, why the switch to the, uh, the identification of thematic games? There's a lot of people that uh, considered Ameritrash to be a derogatory term. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about this Ameritrash liked, thematic? I've never liked the term Ameritrash. Like as soon as you throw the word trash yeah. into a quote unquote descriptor or adjective or something like that and everything, it kind of implies that it's a lesser it's a negative experience. It's a very negative. Okay. I've never liked I've never liked the term. So you you're 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 happier with thematic as a uh, I, I see I'm not even happy with thematic either. So <laughs> Ian. So do you have any? Well, now uh, that I know that Ryan doesn't like that term, I'm going to try to use it more. <laughs> so that's a thematic response, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, okay, so yeah, obviously there was there there's a, a controversy um, that uh, uh, Mare Trash, um, yeah, had this negative connotation to it, and a lot of people are like, no, that's not what it is. That's a Euro view of our game, right? So uh, let's and again. Uh, uh, the, we, we have, we have the old, um, West coast rap versus East coast rap yeah, yeah. thing going on. We've yeah. got Euro game design. We've got American game design. Well, and a lot of times I hear people describe, uh, uh, thematic games as, well, it's the opposite of a Euro, right? It's not a Euro. And I, I've come to this idea that in the board game community, that's part of the yin and the yang, that there's this, there's this Euro and Ameritrash, and in the middle, we're starting Stop to see that term. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Them, the, well, okay, let's be more thematic about it. Okay. Um, so to me, that that with the Euro and the thematic games, uh, that in the middle of this yin-yang, that's this zone of the hybrid that I think is coming out. And the first hybrid that I it pops in my head is Blood Rage, right? Um that it's this where the Venn diagram starts to cross and you start to see 
um, influences from left and right kind of thing. Uh, so thematic games, we're not going to use that derogatory term. Um, uh, early example, Monopoly, Risk, Sorry. Um, I've never played the Stratomatic sports game series, but uh, a lot of the research I've seen, a lot of people designate uh, that, th that the sports simulation is part of the thematic. Um, anything that is kind of D&D related, where you're chucking dice, right? Um, any other examples do you guys have? 50s, 60s, 70s of, of the class? I mean, in Canada, we're big Parker. We had Parker Brothers all over, so there's payday, careers, right? The game Any of life. Yeah. There would be like Axis and Allies, Fortress America, kind of some of the 80s yeah. ones that were big. For I that. think, yeah, yeah that, well, that Axis and Allies, was that 80s? But that, I mean, that's still way, that's part of the inception for sure. Um, identifiers of the thematic games. Uh, we, I mean, as far as genres goes, there's the fantasy, there's horror, there's sci-fi. Um, <laughs> as Corey said, you'll never see him make a farm game. <laughs> so you don't see farming in too many theme-styled uh, narrative-driven games. Unless I'm wrong, does Cosmic Encounter have a farming faction? <laughs> Probably. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there are like 200 of them. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so far, am, am I glossing over? Am I not hitting no, any I, targets? Okay. In, in, in my, in my mind, when I'm thinking about a quote, cause I'm still not even sure I like the term thematic mm -hmm. game. I don't know what to call them. Um, but in my mind, yeah, I got fantasy style, like high fantasy style yeah. games with orcs and elves yeah. and monsters and dragons and stuff like that. And I, and then science fiction, like lots of space, space, yeah. space battles, um, well, in the IP, horror stuff, I, like, even if you can throw in like IP, yeah, styled well, games in here too. Cthulhu, isn't that like an IP Lovecraft driven thing? Yeah, Lovecraftian yeah. and Arkham, yeah, Star Wars, Star um, Trek. Other things that you'll find that help identify uh, the theme based games are the components, lots of event cards. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of miniatures that are kind of completely tied into the the thematic stuff so yeah, um, so yeah and it's not not necessarily even miniatures like yes miniatures are quite popular in these yeah. styles of games but you're something to represent your character like a stand even yeah. standees are very popular in this yeah. type of game or, too or, i've seen pogs yeah tokens like with that. the data um let's throw some publishers uh, uh you're I mean, Corey was just on talking Fantasy Flight Games. I think, Ryan, uh, you've got the collection right over your shoulders. That's pretty much their groove, isn't it? Yeah, not you would not see very, <laughs> very many Euro-centric type of games. And we're, we're talking about Euros. You can go, you get, listeners can look back, uh, listen back to one of our past episodes where we did Viva Los Euros, where we celebrated the Euro game. Yeah. Or like that, you can see it, like, Fantasy Flight Games does not publish those types. They don't do generally. resource trading and they don't do farming. <laughs> and very very little of them are like where it's like the most points yeah. wins the game type of thing. Lots of scenarios. Yeah. Um, other what like Games Workshop, Avalon Hill, um, uh, known in the past for, for their theme games. Um, more recently, I threw some new ones on there. Um, Gale Force 9 um yeah, came out Gale with force is not not yeah Gale force is not a brand new but uh, i mean company, as far but, as but, my radar goes yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah because um, they because they did uh they did dune yeah yeah they had the dune game and uh they have they have a few other th big theme based titles uh another one chip three games uh um too many bones um i mean right there that's like a dungeon diver with chips right mm -hmm. um as, and as we said doesn't always have to be miniature in their their thing it's a poker chip with uh the info on the top uh hoplomachus is another one from those guys that i it's gladiators right yeah it's awesome Clouds, cloud spire was that's their newest one. one that just released um and and that one makes me think of this uh the next book red raven games um who just recently uh published sleeping gods which you've owned and have played Mm -hmm. Yeah, heavy, heavy narrative style game. Yeah. Ian, do you have any Red Raven games at all in your library? 
I do yeah. not. I've never played one. No. I have near and I have a few of them, and I, I quite enjoy them. I mean, the artwork's fantastic, and the game, yeah, absolutely, uh, very story driven for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let's. Um, then the other detail uh, that I keep reinforcing is that uh, a characteristic of uh, theme style games is uh, time, and you need time enough to develop an arcing story. Lots of time, like a lot of time because uh, the the one i think uh uh that keeps ringing in my head is ti4 uh, was i mean and it was a tight game and it was six hours all right i've heard mm -hmm. i've heard stories of people going oh yeah i played 11 hours because everyone had ap and i'm like oh i could never do that yeah but eight eight six eight hours on one game like that is nothing like a game like sleeping gods where to go start to finish of that game, like you're talking like you're talking like 15 to 20 hours because yeah. it's it plays out, but at least it builds in natural stopping points yeah. and ways to save your progress type of thing. But lots of these other ones where it's like scenario based, like do you count the game time as just a scenario or is it the whole like say campaign? We talked about campaign games yeah. before and campaign games do fit into this this style of 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 the of the thematic experience yeah ian maybe is, immersion has maybe ryan immersion ever tried better. to talk you into playing ti4 yeah which i haven't done yet but okay so i was gonna say does it that happen. does that interest because i always think of you as you like your euro puzzles you like your abstracts and i and i've never uh uh as i recollect heard well, you dive into some theme style uh, games ian owns eclipse Oh, geez, that's, that's right. right. Which is one of those things where you say, I would consider Eclipse kind of like the Euro thematic hybrid. game hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the game of Eclipse, it's whoever has the most points wins. But how do you obtain those points? It's a very, it's not narrative, but you can definitely tell a story about how, your the story. Game pro, how the game progressed. Okay, cool. Well, Unless if I'm completely misreading or remembering how I played <laughs> Eclipse. <laughs> no, that's all right um yeah. so i go oh, sorry go ahead ian i'm so sorry i feel like i might be the cantankerous one on this episode that's all right i have no idea what that means so, <laughs> <laughs> so if i'm getting too cynical just uh mm. press the buzzer and let me know no 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 because this is not really my jam most well, of the time because i had just prefaced There's that saying things that bug me about these types of games but you like your puzzles you like your abstracts so what I did is I procured a list um, and a pretty wide range list as well, considering the fact so that, that, um, that I'm, I'm also narrowing that hybrid idea where, where like you said, Eclipse, it, the, the pendulum doesn't have to stay on the, on the has to be, you know, respect all of those rules. Maybe, maybe some bending can happen. So, um, who, yeah, who wants to pick off this list and uh, present an exemplar of what we're talking about when we call theme style games? And Ian, this will be a good time for you to, to you know, to go, as you said, you know, devil's advocate or, or to pull off the list, something that... Well, can I, can I, yeah, can I highlight an issue? Absolutely. Because I'm looking at this list. Yeah. And you already mentioned that when we're talking themes yep. well you're only talking three themes yeah fantasy horror science fiction if these there's there's this idea out there that if something isn't one of those it's there's no theme yeah which is just garbage to me well i on that list i also in, include the pirate thing right i mean i put dot right. dot dot just to yeah just like if we all had it, it bugs me that yeah. the scope is so narrow like if it doesn't have bloody orcs in it, it's not a thematic game. <laughs> Give me a break. No, I, I and I hear you because that's a very narrow window set to keep repeating game after game it or is. iteration, right? So no, yeah. and I kind of get I'm, like I'm so tired of fantasy based mm -hmm. games. I am so tired of them. And mm -hmm. I'll be honest, you make be fun honest. of farming, but. Agricola, I find, is a very thematic game. Oh, okay, no, like, I'm, I'm not making fun of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of like sticking it. But uh, Lagranja is one of my favorite games, and that is like, that is so Euro. And uh, but yeah, I, I, I just find my, I see theme in the connection with the mechanics, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, if if you're growing up crops to yield more crops later on, 
I don't, that's a really strong yeah. thematic tie and i think sure. it's really strong there and i understand okay. that that's not the types of games you're talking about yeah okay but, but that that leads me can into, have theme too yeah okay that but that leads me to why i said i don't like the term ameritrash which is because of but then i said i don't like the calling them thematic games okay because then it, it's saying that other games aren't, are not right? thematic are not yeah. so, heroes can't be thematic so i i don't know what to call this but these level of games and there was a there was a tweet a long time ago um we did it with um it was shem phillips mm-hmm. and that's what we did that one whole episode and he essentially insinuates that the you don't call them thematic games but how does the game immerse you into the world um, that you're playing in? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like these style of games, like these narrative games and these battle games and everything, they, they create mechanics to immerse you, and draw into, you in. In, 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 into the world. Like um, let's pick one off here off that I know that Ian can talk about here. Merchants and Marauders. Yeah. I was looking at that. Okay. So I said it's, pirates it, it, can be too. Yeah. It's still it's still got a point system. It's still got some euro elements. Like it's whoever gets to ten points first. Right. Like, but your points are kind of like your whatever they, they call it, gold or gold coins or stuff like that. But the way that the game mechanics immerse you into feeling like I'm doing piratey things or I'm doing merchanty things, you know, and like that. How about we, from the rest of this episode, instead of calling it thematic, we'll call it immersive games. Because I, I like that you've said that twice, and I'm like, you're absolutely right. It has nothing to do with the theme. It, it has everything to do with how you plug into it. Or we can just call them games. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Loan right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escapes escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Merchants and Marauders, Ian, tell Merchants us about Marauders, it. Well, it's a it's a great example of there being a narrative, but it's the players making the narrative, the which, which is something that I really like in games. I'm not so big, and I know, I know that I'm I'm probably alone in this with you two guys, but I'm not big on the game telling me what the story is. I, I like the players that. telling me what the story is. Yeah, and I think. Uh, Merchants and Marauders does a really good job of that because you kind of you kind of set, yeah. set the tone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never played Merchants and Marauders, but I like that idea of I get to be a pirate. Yay! So. Yeah, and so I, and, the, and there's there's the der, there's derivations of this system too. Like um, we had Corey Kanetska on, and then um, Star Wars Outer Outer Rim is kind of like. It, it, it's 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 in a similar vein as like a um, merchants and marauders where you're gonna you're, you're you're playing as bounty hunters. You can play as Han Solo. You can play as Boba Fett, and you have this rust bucket like he called like he called them. <laughs> and then you're trying to upgrade it to a better rust bucket. And you also have to try to recruit allies to help you and avoid um, the bad guys and uh, to to help you avoid the bad guys and yeah. carry more stuff right. to go deliver it and get money and then eventually get a victory point because you did something awesome in, 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 in the universe type of thing. So merchants and runners, um, Ryan pick one off the list, man. Oh gosh. So Leah, I know that Ian's not a fan, he just stated that he wasn't a fan. Um, I am the fan of the scenario based type of things though. I, I do agree to the fact that I don't want everything Mm-hmm. laid out in front of me like give me the general bone structure of what's going on and then let me create the story um one thing one game that i am playing through currently it's not i don't know if it's on this list i don't see it but uh tainted grail oh yeah 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 by awaken realm games um it's in the same vein as say the um seventh continent mm-hmm Actually, I would think Seven Continent is a better example because that one you can tell the, your own story of what's going on there's no there's no book. 
There's that no you're reading through. Line, yeah. There is just kind of like you have this very vague card of saying this is what you need to do. And, and you have to, to try to and you have to try to um interpret what it's going to do, and then you have to explore the yeah. land. And tainted grail is connected to the grail. That's like Arthurian kind of it's a very dark take on the Arth- Arthurian legend. Like yeah. something's went bad in the world. The the holy grail was not what they thought it was, and it did these things and and is it immersive? It is it is awesomely immersive. The story that it does tell. Yeah. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Yeah. And it says, okay, you can progress to the next chapter of the story by doing one of these three things. Now it's up to you. You have to go out and try to figure out how do you accomplish one of those three things. Yeah. And things get in your way. You have to do side. We, we made a mention of it before in the show. It's actually kind of like playing like a video game as a tabletop game. It's got very video game like elements. Okay. Like there's the save system. Cool. Like, okay, so okay, sorry, just backtrack a second. So you've got three choices, and then you pick a choice, and then that's like an objective you have to go do in the game. Yes. Okay, that's that's different than what I was thinking. It is that's actually pretty cool because I'm thinking back to Seafall, which is kind of the same thing, right? You read uh-huh. a little passage in the book, and then it gives you a choice, and then basically that choice just gives you a reward or a penalty based on what how good a choice mm-hmm. it is but the fact that that actually um sets your gameplay for the next few minutes i like four that. hours, <laughs> four hours. <laughs> i like that that's neat yeah and then so and then the neat. other aspect of the game too is that you're you're visiting locations and then what you have to do is you have to explore a location and which means you have to go to this big scenario book you look up the location and then there is a choose your own adventure thing that happens at that location Cool. Um, do you have this companion with you? Nope. Okay, you can't go to that. You can't read that section. Do you have this with you? Nope. You can't read that whole section. Oh, I do have this though. Now you can follow that storyline based on what you may okay. or may not ha- have with you. Cool. Which could also brand then branch off into side quests and totally detract you from what you're actually supposed to do. Cool. And then th- that's the same concept with like sleeping gods. Sleeping Gods is a very similar format with, but it's like very streamlined and not as convoluted. A little tighter, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I I want to. I know Ian's going to like this this one that I bring to the table. Um, Robinson Crusoe, Adventures on the Cursed Island. Um, I think this for me this one falls into that that glorious, uh, um, kind of in between zone, the hybrid zone. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you got to manage like you're trying to. There's resources. Efficient with resources yeah. and things like that. But I love the narrative, and and the character interpretation of those events that come back later to haunt you. Um, I think that's the great storyline that I like. And and um, each like there's it's kind of like you have the base game, and then this base game you have uh, constructed scenarios that you can run like build a fire or go explore this part of the, like there's objectives um, and you can tie them together together to have a, a, a an arced experience or they can have like a one shot. I know there's a, I, uh, I downloaded it, a King Kong, uh, the King Kong Island that, that it, to me, it's like, Oh, that's a great story. I can't wait to go play that one. Right. So to me, the immersive nature that, that Ryan you've presented that I, I like that, that, that term um yeah i'm dialed in when i play this game i'm i've i've invested in these characters if a character gets injured i i'm wanting to like like do what i can to to get that character up to speed or or you know yeah so yeah you're it's it's a survival on an island game and you actually (laughs) get that right like you feel like you're trying to survive and yeah it's a it does capture the theme. Very please, well. weather, Ryan, you have you played this yet? I have not played Robinson okay. Crusoe. Okay, that's no, okay. But we'll, I, uh, we'll, we'll you guys need to remedy fire. that, like no, yeah. soon, like yeah, soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, to me, that's that's my first presentation of the immersive game. Ian, pull another uh, one off the list. Sure, I'm actually going to pair this with something else. So I'm going to talk about Dune and. Uh, a sim- a game that I would say it falls in a very similar vein, Game of Thrones. 
and because they're both based on books and they're you know one sci-fi one's fantasy so they're in the precious <laughs> themes of thematic <laughs> games and uh but they're like dune is an old game it's from the late 70s yeah. and it's it's a from game where you are encounter designers too yeah right and you're trying to eliminate the other players with the armies um there's lots of little plastic pieces or actually with the new edition there's not plastic pieces that's kind no, of no it's all it's actually. all chits i think yeah yeah i can't remember but game of thrones is kind of the same thing you got your territories and you're trying to take over more territory so it's lots of fighting um but again there's a story there and yeah. you've got the hooks of the story from these books and it's you don't have to know the books to, to play the games, but if you do, it's a richer experience, I think. And, but it's still the players making the story. You're just using the characters in the world in which, in which this is all happening. So you can be uh, the Atreides going to trying to hold oh, on to their holdings in Dune. And maybe that happens, or maybe, maybe the Fremen take over, you know, maybe, maybe the Lannisters end up, taking the throne and then the Greyjoys Ryan, take all their Dune? lands from them. I've played it only once and it was a very long time ago. Oh, we got to get a game very. of Dune going on. And I've never played Game of Thrones, but you guys will be proud. I've started watching it. Oh, you've never watched Game of Thrones? Nope. Nope. Wow. Well done. Nope. What do you think? <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you? Yeah, let's, okay. This is no longer a board game podcast. This is now a <laughs> podcast. We're switching over here. Um, okay, you both, you guys know that I love my D and D. All right, I have like two reg. I'm DM two regular sessions. Um, the yeah, this this um, that show is that gaming experience on the screen. I mean, there's there's not that there's nothing that doesn't surprise me. Um, it's it's that the every tw every turn every kind of like oh you think it's going this way well we're gonna go the other direction i'm i just love it absolutely love it and uh i've learned now not to be invested in too many characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he can pull one out of left field on you yeah, so like, watching. No, no. Say, and they, you know what? It, it's at this point, there's no such thing as spoilers with this. But it's like, oh yeah, when they start offing characters, oh, I'll, I'll, and I, and I don't know. Like Mel's seen it before, so uh, as we watch it, she's just like, you know, dialed again into the story, and kind of reminded of, oh yeah, this happens, right? And I'm, it's new for me, so all of a sudden you'll see me go, oh, what, what, what? No, 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 you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, get ready because uh, soon you'll be get to watch Dune as well because the movie comes out October twenty second. I will. I will. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I'll go. I'm gonna go by myself just so that nobody bugs me. It's like, shh, don't talk. <laughs> uh, the spice. Um, so yeah, those are two awesome picks, and I want to play. I've never played the game, the board game Game of Thrones, and I and I and I want to because. Just because of the story Ryan told yeah, me about <laughs> maybe having to not get to get a ride home. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave that we'll one. Pass over, that. We'll pass over that one. <laughs> we'll pass like, over that it's one. It's like TI4 stories. So <laughs> cool. Cool. Dune and, and Game of Thrones. Ryan. Okay, so I don't have I don't have experience with it because I've never been able to play it. Battlestar Galactica has always been on my radar because of that hidden traitor mechanic and everything like that and we, we and we've talked about like say shadows over camelot mm -hmm. in this game but uh a game that was super hot for a very long time you don't hear very many people talk about it anymore is dead of winter <laughs> nice the crossroads oh, yeah. the, the, the crossroads game and for a very long time dead of winter was one of my favorite games we loved playing it when 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 new people would come over everything it has scenarios that kind of is just essentially just kind of guides you like this is your overall arching story of the night that you're going to play um but essentially everybody's characters and you're in a colony and you're trying to survive this harsh harsh winter that there are zombies roaming around and you got to go scavenge for supplies and build up more and find more people to bring into your shelter, but you can't have too many people because you have to feed them all. And there is a hate there. There is the possibility of having a hidden trader 
in <laughs> in the game, which always leads to awesome speculations. Makes everybody twitchy. And and it's like, why did you do that? Or do you not have the colony in your best interest? You're obviously a traitor, type of thing. And the fun part about this game too is that there's those what they call the crossroads cards, mm-hmm. which allow you that kind of gives a little bit of more narrative to the game. And the active player has to make a decision or the group of players have to like vote on what's going to happen. Like, do we bring in another mouth to feed and everything like that? And they try to give you some sort of sappy story of what yeah. this person's doing. And you do a thumbs up and, th- and the people who vote thumbs down, you're like, what, why did you vote thumbs down? You're a traitor. Or why did you vote thumbs up? You're obviously a traitor. Cause you want the colony to fall. Every piece of thing. information is just probably ripped apart. Yeah. And it's got that, that, uh, immersive this immersive type of game feeling where lots of things are decided by dice rolls type of thing and the dice but the dice in this game kind of determine your actions that you're allowed to take cool. uh, as your as your players i've not played it, this at all yeah i don't know i i still always recommend it i i do want to get a good game of, i want to get another game of it actually i want to get a good uh i want to get a bigger game of it because i do have the expand mm-hmm. i have the expansion called the long night and then i have the other expansion called warring colonies which you can have an eight player game four people <laughs> in one colony four people in another colony and you're fighting each other trying to be like the kind of like the walking dead you, you found another colony and now it's like hey no no we're going to be the ultimate colony left in the end Factions. type of type of thing we need that i don't i want cool. that night to happen ian have you played this game yeah, I love Dead Winter. It's it's great. It's <clears throat> to me it is the it's the only zombie game you need because when we're talking about thematic games and immersive yeah. games, I think it does exactly what you want a zombie game to do because it's it's got the idea that you got to go out and kill all the zombies and but they're always coming in and there's always more and more and more of them. Yeah. But at the heart of like all zombie stories like Night of the Living Dead and things and Walking Dead which is yeah. pretty popular is how do the survivors deal with each other? And I think that this game captures that theme cool. really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially walking dead, the board game, but they couldn't call it walking dead. Obviously <laughs> they couldn't get the IP. The, when you were describing this, it reminded me of a game, another game I haven't played that you have is nemesis. Oh, right. Yeah. Ne- yeah. Nemesis. I actually don't own nemesis. Oh, anymore. Okay, I I, ha- okay. Yeah. No, I, it was, but it, that, that's one of the top, immersive games because it feels like you're playing through aliens yeah essentially it had um, similar groove yeah, yeah yeah i i managed to trade my nemesis collection for my imperial assault collection that you oh, see that's guys. right and i said right. no yeah i will play imperial assault a million times more than i'll play nemesis <laughs> cool so um i'm going to uh present uh um kind of three wrapped into one um descent journeys into darkness which you always talk about imperial assault which you always talk about uh journeys uh, lord of the ring journeys in middle earth um i have i have descent and i have journeys and um both of those games to me are are incredibly thematically driven uh both and again <laughs> ian i'm sorry but they're both fantasy in the big three. Um, uh, and I've got, I mean, I purchased Lord of the Rings because I love the IP. And uh, I purchased Descent because of the, I guess, I guess it, it was the one that was the predecessor, right? So I had to explore, or, you know, if there was any differentiation. And of course, I, as I mentioned, um, I do a lot of uh, D&D. Um, more miniatures for me to paint and me to use. So it was kind of a it was kind of a win-win in that that aspect. So uh, yeah, I know Ryan has has like you just said, Imperial Assault. Uh, you got a lot to say about that. So these immersive. are the style. Yeah, these are the style of games where it's the it's the scenario based campaign mm-hmm. style where you are going to play through a story, but it's going to take you multiple game sessions in order yeah. to do so. There is a bit of like every scenario has that kind of like overall arching kind of like the lead up. This is what's happened to get you to this point. Now you get to play through this particular point. That's and then 
Um, these ones kind of create a little bit of extra layer of immersion as then now they have the app. The app assist. That, that, control, yeah. that controls the quote unquote dungeon master because these games were designed as a one versus many and it type is, of thing. What I've learned is it, it, uh, it assists the flow. There's, there's yeah. no downtime. So I, I'm, I'm digging that one. Yeah. Um, and and you know, one, one versus many games, one versus many yeah. games don't don't generally do well. There is another game on this list I will talk about that still does this immersion very well as mm-hmm. a one versus many. Cool, Ian, back to you. Now you uh, can you can <laughs> if you want to pick on a game, you could totally pick on a game and go. It's on the list, but I don't like this at all because, right? So I mean, we don't have to be mm. champions all the time. Uh, well, I will say that if a game wants to lose my interest really quickly, all they got to do is put dungeon in the title somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm out. Um, uh, okay. Well, I know, I know you have something to say about, about Cosmic Encounter. Oh, yeah. Cosmic Encounter is, it's, it's fun. Like, it, it's definitely not a Euro. You can't call it a Euro. <laughs> Zero. Um, There's no resource it, uh, resource uh, management on this game because right. yeah. it is it is a uh, chaos in a box, and it's is a lot it of immersive? Fun just I don't. This is a tough one. I think I think it's more immersive in your interactions with your other players. I don't know if the okay. theme is very immersive. But so the you do it is a storytelling game in that the characters the sorry the players are really you know developing this narrative basically and you um, have to play with the right group of you do people this is not for every group uh, not not one but I do what I do like about it is that there is like the negotiation part and mm-hmm. the alliance making but I can have the alliance with Ian and we're not going to back. We're not going to attack each other. We're going to always be on it. But if I flip over that card and it says, I have to attack Ian. Well, now that that's all gone to, <laughs> that's all gone to crud now because yeah. it is now me versus him. And now we have to try to get people on our sides to, to do, to do things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I'd say or, it's more about the yeah. player experience than the theme, but. Right. Yeah. But it's definitely not a Euro. It, it has a bit, but the, the immersion is what you make of it. Cool. Cool. I, and again, I haven't played this one and I, you know, it, it, but you guys say that you need a large, you know, more than five or something like that. Well, that it, it, play, it plays, it plays the base box plays up to five. I, I like having it around that, that five yeah, player mark. Yeah, it's, it's, it's four would be the minimum that I would play it with. Cause, cause you just said there's all this interaction. Yeah. yeah. And I have enough. I have three expansions that I, that allows it to expand to an eight-player game, mm-hmm. and we tried to do that at a games club once. Just <laughs> have this eight-player chaotic thing, and it took a, it took us like a week to finish the game. That's too funny. Do you want to? Okay, sorry, this is a tangent, but do you guys want to hear an ultimate chaos game that I heard about? I heard somebody doing a game of Dominion, where instead of picking ten cards. They picked one copy of every card in Dominion, like every card, but only <laughs> one copy. So if you bought it, you were the only one with that card. But every card in the all the game was available. <laughs> now that's moly. chaos. <laughs> how much? How much real estate would you need to lay out that many cards? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And who has the knowledge base? It's <laughs> <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Cool. Hey, do you uh, do you guys want to have one more one more kick? I always have can? one. Yeah, one more game for me. There, yeah. There's there's so many these types of games because I own lots of these types of games because I do like the campaign styles yeah. and everything. Uh, yeah. So the one that I wanted to talk about actually was um, Fury of Dracula, yeah. especially the third especially the third edition because the third edition is by far the most cleaned up uh, version uh, of them all. Now, like I said, one versus many games are usually quite garbage. Um, But in this game, this is one of the ones that actually works the best. Um, I can honestly say that I've never really played as the players, as the hunters. I've always usually played as Dracula. And that's because Dracula has his own rule set that he needs to follow and that what he can do type of thing. Um, Generally, in these hidden movement type of games, 
it's you have to try to find the person like in letters of Whitechapel, you just have to try to find Jack the Ripper and you win the game type mm-hmm. of thing. In Fury of Dracula, not only do you have to find Dracula, but you also have to fight Dracula and Dracula can fight back and lay traps and stuff like that to the to the hunters. So there is the whole it, it, and everything that in the game immerses you with your characters and the items that you're trying to achieve and the way that Dracula can move around the board is way different than the way the hunters can move around the board because he can do things like fly and turn himself into a bat or a wolf and kind of move around the board fa- faster. But the players, they have to only, they can only travel by train type of thing. So they, yeah. their, their grid movement is way more limited. It's a fantastic experience. And yeah, I, that's one that I can't highly recommend. Um, but it has to be either like the third slash fourth edition. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's no difference between third and fourth edition other than who published the game. Um, third edition was published by fantasy flight games. Fourth edition was published by WizKids. but there's no difference in the rule sets between those two, those two versions. The, the, the second edition of Fury of Dracula had broken cards. Yeah. Like, Dracula had card access to cards that just pretty much just decimated the gameplay and it wasn't wasn't fun if those things ever came out so fury of dracula fantastic game to immerse you in that if, if, especially if you're a fan of that that uh that genre that, that that genre that horror genre of dracula and all the other characters there like van helsing are in there and cool um, uh, for my last kick at the can i threw one in last second I, I i called an audible off my list and uh I'm going to go with, and it's darker, uh, with a game called This War of Mine. And um, this game, I believe, and I've never played it, I believe it's there was originally a video game. and uh, But the, easily, the easiest way to explain it is, uh, it's called This War of Mine, but it's, it's a war game, but it's not a war game. Um, it's, it's set during a conflict, and you play civilians caught in between rebels and the the governing status and you're trying desperately to survive each day each night each moment by by going out and looking for things or by uh having your characters you know dig through rubble to try and find things to put these items together to to make something to help them stay warm during the night because um every interval or every you know um night or day there's event cards that will come up and there's this crazy push your luck element in regards to how long you're sending out a character to go i don't know dig through dig through an old gymnasium to look for food or ammo or stuff to bring back similar to uh dead of winter yeah well and um that's when you guys were talking about that's that's what triggered in my head going oh yeah absolutely um, because of the, the main idea that the, the, your characters aren't the heroes, aren't the, it's not, it's, it's not sci-fi, it's not fantasy, it's, right, it's not the big three, um, but it, it draws such a unique immersive connection to um, a, a, a topic that's not explored, this, you know, the, the, the innocence that are caught in the conflict have a story to tell. So yeah, if you've not played this, I have a copy. I'm absolutely willing to share this with anybody who wants to dial this one in. Yeah. I really enjoy that fact of a game where it doesn't feel like there's a right choice to make in, in, in this, in this type of thing. Like it's like, Oh, uh, what was the one story that I remember hearing about this game? It's just like, hey, you're walking by, you're just kind of walking down the street, and you see this this person's getting attacked by 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 a group and everything, and so puts you in this situation. Yeah. Do you step in yeah. to break to break it up? Do you just keep walking on by? If you keep on walking on by, there's repercussions of yeah. that. That person could die or something like that because of the assault. Or if I go to help them out now I get beaten within yeah. an inch of my life yeah. type of thing. So it's like, and there's no wounds good that results. you don't have medicine for. And you, Oh yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. So I, you know what, honestly, I think we did a good job of 
not arguing the point of it, but but giving it more dimension because I like that immersive title, the immersive mm. style game. I like that. Maybe we can start a new movement. So yeah, yeah. Um, I do because I, I do know that there's lots of people that they don't like Ameritrash. Yeah, that's that's a very derogatory. Like I am on board with it, but thematic doesn't really doesn't hit um, it either. That, that, that doesn't hit doesn't hit the point. But how much does the game make you feel like you're part of that world? Cool. And what is the what is the game doing to make like okay euros could do this too. Like there are, there could be euros out there. Or there are euros out there that try to immerse you into that, into that world. Mm-hmm. Great Western Trail. It's trying to immerse you that you are trying to collect, but but it's but it's very like mechanic driven. Yeah, yeah, everything like that. It's yeah. trying to immerse you in that world. Flashpoint's another really good one that we don't talk about much here on the show. Flashpoint, yeah. I think is uh i'm bringing it up because it's not fantasy and it's not sci-fi yeah. and it's something different and it's a you're a firefighter and you're trying to put out this fire and you've got the euro stuff you've got the action movements and all that but you're actually you have to deal with the unpredictability of a burning building you have to deal with the smoke inhalation and it's yeah. very thematic as well cool yeah i think well you know i, I think- like i love when euros can do that love it I think uh, that's a that's a perfect moment to to do the segue because uh, we've we've learned that it's that connection with the game and the story and the um, and the 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 you know what you make of it. So uh, thank you so much um, as always for listening to what we have to say. Uh, I'm your host Norm. I'm Ryan, and I'm Ian, and we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.